Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. And here and we are. <laughs> it's a podcast. It sure is. We Again, yeah, somehow. We're, we're, we're doing some catch-up. We're playing catch-up. We obviously, yep. we recently discussed our sort of superlatives and bad relatives of 2022's franchise movies but we realized we got two three more mm. um and we're gonna knock one of them out tonight um by discussing the how long is this movie in development like 10 years or something something say, like that i want to say it was closer to 15 yeah we've been hearing about it for a long time and as always happens with movies that are in development hell for a long time it turned out to be really interesting to talk about yeah <laughs> and good and notable this man didn't kill Don Quixote, but he would have. What is that movie? <laughs> That's another movie that went through development hell for a long time and <laughs> arrived um, on nothing, no impact. Uh, the film we're talking about is Black Adam, a Shazam story. <laughs> <laughs> it's Black and Adam story. <laughs> um, Black, I have a genuine the story of Adam. <laughs> I have a genuine lore question here, Tyler. What is sort of the nature of his name being Black Adam in the comics? Like, and I I ask this sincerely. Was it like a race thing early on? Because no, he's was he always Teth Adam, and then he went by Black Adam at some point. I my understanding is that he, uh, I think originally was just white. Like I I think yeah. like was just a dude back in the forties, uh, and then the black is like. <sighs> an epithet of like evil basically sure like sure you know dark dark yeah Adam. evil spot yes <laughs> yes yeah um i also did not realize that uh i because i'm not like well read on most shazam yeah I, I haven't really read anything that's not like shazam as or captain marvel as part of a uh dc event sure or something like that um but i did not realize that in the original uh creation Black Adam is sent into space and arrives in modern times because he had to travel for 5,000 years huh. <laughs> back to Earth. That seems neat. I kind of wish they'd done okay. something with that. Yeah. Um, but this, I think, is more in line with some like updated origins for him. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I should probably get the, the, uh, the pleasantries out of the way. Black Adam... Uh, from 2022 it feels weird saying that like we're in yes. 2023 this movie yeah. only came out like four months ago or whatever it's time know. keeps on slipping we, man we missed you. our we missed our chance to review it in the year it came out i really thought you were gonna say we, we missed our chance to see it on the big screen that too man i mean like listen all the all the spinning camera movements we, at the beginning like oh man joan was having we, a having a real time we watched the sort of cultural uh cultural wave around this movie it, it sort of just went over our heads and passed us by and and died suddenly <laughs> suddenly here we are with you know no nothing to show for that all the all the hype when, that when what month did this movie come out i believe it was november let me confirm that sounds that. right okay so i guess i don't know what i was watching instead nothing <laughs> no it was actually october oh okay 
Well, I was listening. I was I was watching the years go by as I remembered the first thirty three years of my life. Well, I guess I guess this this means that I was busy. Oh, I don't know, watching Halloween ends in That's theaters. True. That's true. Look, sometimes you just got to take a risk and not go see Black Adam, and it'll. It, it, there's a good chance it might pay off. I remember. I remember that well. I don't remember <laughs> what I watched in October, but probably over the garden wall or some of it yeah i mean i can i can tell you approximately four films that you (laughs) (laughs) watch but anyway alex tell us about the stuff yeah it has a 38 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes and an 88 percent audience (laughs) okay so i mean all right really this this movie's made for the fans yeah really yes movie for the people yeah i mean it is i think this movie has successfully replicated uh some of the so, some of the effects of watching a Snyder film. Yes. Uh, and it it was directed by Jome Colette Sarah. Is that right, Britton? Jome, yes. Okay. We. Um I think, who, I, I think, I think, I think, I think. I'm pretty sure you're the only person that in, in our group, of course, that has seen his other work. Yeah, um, I saw he made a movie called The Shallows that I've actually recommended on the show before and that I quite like, um, where Blake Lively fights a shark. Sure. It's a fun movie, and I think that movie has a good balance of like, it is it is a drama, but it knows how to have like the movie knows how to have fun with what it's about. Like it doesn't take itself too too serious. There's a few moments, but it doesn't take itself too too seriously. Um, something that I think this movie maybe could have used. Um, uh, he he's also done. Uh, a lot of Liam Neeson collaborations, yeah. like late career Liam Neeson Non-stop stuff. and stuff like that. And it doesn't look like the kind of thing that's necessarily the things that Liam Neeson gets derided for doing, like a like a Taken 3. Right, right. It's more like, like, yeah, this is um, like a schlocky action movie. It's fun, whatever. Y- yeah, but it is interesting that that's like, obviously, if you're doing that, it's going to be hand-to-hand fighting and like right. the, the Liam Neeson kind of action that you would expect with the Liam Neeson action movie. Uh, so it's an interesting choice for this. I think he also think. made Orphan, the the movie about the grown woman who's a child. Sure. And tries to kill people, I think. <laughs> I believe okay. he also made that. So again, M3gan? No. Yeah. No, it's zero fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's zero yep. f- yes. orphan. Zero or Forfin. It's yeah. Orforfin. No, uh, but... It, <laughs> Zero it's, Orforfin. It's another guy who made a fairly well-received horror movie doing a DC movie. Yeah. So, anyway. What could go wrong? Thank you. Well, let's figure out what that could be. Uh, as I read the synopsis for Black Adam, which reads thus. In ancient Kondok, Teth Adam was bestowed the almighty powers of the gods. After using these powers for vengeance, he was imprisoned, becoming Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years have passed, and Black Adam has gone from man to myth to legend. The other way around. Well, no, never mind. Now free, his unique form of justice, born out of rage, is challenged by modern-day heroes who form the Justice Society. Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Atom Smasher, and Cyclone. So, and I should, I said Atom, because I want to be clear that this guy, and I'll ask Tyler exactly how, is apparently not the same as Adam, A-T-O-M. 
but it is spelled that way. A T O M Smasher. He's not. He wasn't created uh, to smash people named Adam. So all you Brodies and drivers out there, fear not. No smashing today. <laughs> yeah, that that character confused me a little bit because it's like very very stock personality, of course, with the kind of newbie who's who yeah. makes mistakes and whatnot. But then he's just got like a blue Deadpool mask, and he's doing like the giant man stuff with him. Yeah, like, I, as just, far as I'm, I'm aware, that all pretty much tracks. I think he's related to the original Adam, okay. being the the man who goes small. Uh, it, I guess it's sort of a thing where instead of doing the Hank Pym thing of uh, evolving throughout the years to be like, I can go small, I can go big, I can go very big. <laughs> I can be a jerk and accuse <laughs> my wife. Just uh, to confirm, it like... Henry Winkler was not the Adam. He no. was the original <laughs> Adam Smasher. Yes, but then I think that's... I was looking this up. Uh, maybe it's also a reference to like a villain who become. I don't know. That was the weirdest cameo. Well, <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't get into this. We can't get deep into this right now. Um, Look, they're setting up a spinoff show. That maybe they are. Um, I I don't even know. So I I took some notes, not as detailed as uh, Fan Forestick, but I did take notes as I was watching this because kind of immediately I was like, I need to I need to jot some of this stuff. Um, I think ultimately we were talking about this beforehand. And I feel like I might be the one who ultimately liked the movie most, and I think that's mostly because of the like comic book appeal of it. It does do some just fun comic book nonsense. Um, but it is a it is a strange beast. Um, the opening is is a long, it's a Lord of the Rings esque, uh, you know, backstory prologue mm-hmm. cinematic. Uh, that really wants to be Snyder. Yeah, it, it really wants to have the Snyder direction, and I feel like that immediately sets a tone for like okay. <laughs> What are, what are we doing here? Like, are we... Is that the DCU house style now? Is that what we want all of these movies to be? Like, it, it does... I think immediately I noticed that the movie has a problem with kind of showing a very large zoomed out view of something, of like a small person, and saying like, this is, this is a pretty shot. <laughs> like, because the person is tiny and not super in view... Yeah. Therefore, it is pretty. There is a lot of big wide shots that are kind of just gray and brown and like not really like set up in a way to be striking. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of like, okay, we, we can see there in some canyons. It's not really like composited in a certain way to really catch your eye. Um, and I feel like I noticed that a lot. Uh, the, there's a part early on where Again, 300 vibes. Uh, a guy gets thrown off a cliff uh, after being stabbed. And that shot is not... like it, it's watch- We're watching him as he falls off the cliff, but it doesn't really... I don't know. I just feel like visually it, it could look a lot better. It looks... Um, the way it's shot, it looks unintentionally silly. A little, yeah. Um, and just like... it. The exposition, I mean, the that, I think, sets up the movie for failure in a lot of ways because the exposition is clunky in that opening, and there is, like, two or three twists on that exposition that come up during the movie. Yeah. 
as as we're expanding on flashbacks and things. And I just feel like it should be a lot more straightforward. Uh, and instead, it, it gets really overcomplicated and is, is confusing. Again, kind of in a way, speaking of uh, the the franchise we've just been doing, kind of in the same way that a lot of the Fantastic Four movies are like, yeah, you know the Fantastic Four, right? Just go along with it. General audiences, you got this. And it's like, no, no, no <laughs> they, we really don't. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it, this movie has a weird, this movie is coming at a weird time because like I mentioned, it was in development hell for so long Yeah, that I really feel like a lot of its issues are, are coming from, it, it was pro- probably got a lot of rewrites anyway, but especially as the DCEU was rising? and then falling and so it comes sure. out as the last gasp of the iteration that is now over i guess yeah but it, the, the one for a while the only movie it really ties itself to is shazam which always benefited from being like we're kind of in that universe or maybe not however much they want us to be yeah and then until the end this movie sets itself firmly well, actually never mind it has Amanda waller in at the beginning never mind it's in the yeah. dcu yeah but having said that um it yeah okay well i take all that back but like it, it it comes at the end of it but also also there are clearly snidery fight scenes him slowly shooting lightning at men like yeah. a lot of that stuff so it's just this odd like mishmash of we wanted to make this movie when superhero movies started taking off we weren't able to for whatever reason time goes by time goes by okay we have to try to fit this movie. Now it's going to be part of the DCU. Is it a standalone? Is it just with Shazam? Is Superman a part of this? What's going on? Right. Well, now none of all that other stuff is done. So here's the movie. <laughs> like, I, I think it leads a lot of the things that it may be trying to do. It feels like the movie feels perfunctory to me anyway, but now I wonder if it'll get a chance to not be perfunctory. Like, I don't know if Dwayne Johnson, if they're going to keep him around for like, I know Shazam's getting a sequel and that may be all it gets. But I don't know if Black Adam is going to stick around in this new wave of DC no. movies or not. Like, I don't know. The the JSA, what I'm assuming they wanted to make some kind of spinoff for the JSA. I doubt that's going to happen. Maybe. I don't. So that that whole, I feel like that summarizes it, how weird of a place this has in the DCU and kind of where the DCU has, has landed. Um, as we record this, James Gunn has just released the first uh slate of uh dc movies you'll be able to listen to this podcast in like five years when we see like how all those turn out so um assume we thought it was great if all those movies turn out really well and if you're listening to this in 2028 and you're like man all those movies turned out terribly be like assume that we also think that it's a terrible idea yeah yeah but when you're like, man, I can't... We won't, we won't tell you. No, no. You're like, we have the correct opinion, is what I'm saying. And we understand Senator Alex really did miss the mark. But anyway. <laughs> um, from from the great state of near the Titanic. <laughs> Look, that's that's what I get from making uh, the actor who played Melvin do my running mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we had all those great stoves don't frack bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good run. Um, don't don't the, you mean Melvin do the voting? <laughs> Black Adam takes place. Look, uh, look with, with 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 a campaign slogan like that. How could you lose? Yeah. Anyway, Black Adam takes place uh, in a DCU that 
has started to sort of give up on the like original Marvel method of establish the character, put them in a big, a bigger story. Um, because we just had the suicide squad. Um, and I would say, you know, birds of prey kind of does this as well, where it's like, here's a character. They're part of this universe. Now they're more or less out of the comics. Have, have fun with them. Like they're just here now. Um, like I, I mean, I guess that starts with Suicide Squad, but I think Suicide Squad has just done so poorly in so many ways that I, uh, I, I tend to phase it out. Um, so that that seems to be where a lot of these DC movies start heading. It's just like let's just throw all these characters out there, get them get them into the ether, and, and have fun with them. But what's weird about this is that this movie connects it back to Waller. Like Waller is working with Hawkman to establish like the hero squad he's going to send out and like who's going to be part of this justice society. It's, it's a weird, I don't entirely know what they're going for there. And was the justice society already a thing? Yeah. We we need more (laughs) to kind of clear up what's going on with that. Especially because the justice society, I mean, like that should be just a justice league with characters, you know, less about like that's, Usually that's going to be like six or seven characters. And also up arguably in a its own movie. <laughs> and not yeah. half of this one. Like, I don't mind if that's what they want to do. And I, th- yeah. I I think this movie does a good job bringing those characters in and pretty quickly get, getting you up to speed on what their deal is. And doesn't like none of them are super distracting in sort of how they exist in this world. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. We get their deals. Um, but it's a weird approach. And I, that was really throwing me off because I'm like, this feels like it is presuming a lot about how much world building the DCU has already done yeah. to make people comfortable with this universe. Yeah. And instead, we're just throwing a lot of stuff. I mean, the, the movie's introducing Intergang, which is like, well, it's it not even Intergang. That was kind of a, when that first popped up, I was like, what? Because <laughs> that's like a ma- super mafia in DC world. Um, so that I, at first I thought it was just gonna be like a throwaway thing. It turns out they are pretty much the enemy of the, the movie for the most of the movie. Um, but the, like that and Kandok, like it, it's, it's pulling in these elements and kind of just being like, yeah, you're good. You're, you're good with this. You're going to go with this, right? It's all fine. Like you get it. It's comics. But I, I think a lot of that stuff bears a little more context and exploration especially because it's stuff that i think is neat i'm I'm excited to see stuff like this on screen and so i'm like i i want i want you to tell me about this before we just dive into it and and blow it up like i i want to know how this got here Mm. where where where, what relate this back to the other movies i don't know like how did we how did we move from batman versus superman to a world where superheroes are so popular that like they're they're flooding the the streets like like yeah and that there are dc rebirth comics falling out of a kid's backpack yeah (laughs) that's also confusing i don't know it's uh, so it's so unexplained i mean you could tell me that the writers and dwayne johnson haven't actually watched any of the dc movies and i would believe you um yeah or maybe they just watched suicide squad 2016 and they're like we like waller yeah, Viola Davis. Isn't yes, she please. In the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Because you could you could convince me that the Suicide Squad is the only one that they had watched, and that they were like, yeah, we can we can make something that works with that idea. Yes, yeah, uh, but it's just like, yeah, it's it's confusing. But yeah, I think any any world building that is done in this is just like none of it really works when looking at the whole thing because like they made such a big deal in man of steel about like oh it's supposed to be the real world and superman's the first alien and like all the implications of that and then you get to this movie and it's like hawkman and dr fate have apparently been around for quite some time and maybe it had the justice society around for quite some time um I don't buy that either of them would be working with Amanda Waller if they keep being like, no, we're yeah. the good guys. We yeah. don't kill people. Meanwhile, Amanda Waller is gunning down her entire office full of workers in Suicide yeah. Squad 2016. Um, I None of that worked for me. I kind of had to take whatever world building this movie was trying to do. I had to kind of take it in, in a vacuum. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it was hard for me to even focus too much on that stuff because it's like this universe is already broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's hard for me to be like, oh, I care about like continuity and stuff all that much. But like it, at the end of the day, this was just a giant Dwayne Johnson vanity project to me. And I found that very, very annoying. Well, for <laughs> me, it's more frustrating because it's like. Again, there's stuff in this movie that I think is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see that be inserted into the DC stuff in a way that they could reuse it. And I don't really buy that they would ever like revisit Hawkman. We don't know if Black Adam's ever going to show up again. We'll talk about the post credits. Kind of implies that they've tied they've tied him to a sinking ship. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like it's it's just weird that and I you know they're. We mentioned this being like the last gasp of the DCU. There's a few more movies that are coming out before they kind of sure. do a, a big refresh. That they're movie. legally obligated to release. Sure. They're they're doing The Flash, which James Gunn assures me is a good movie. Uh, and that's coming out finally <laughs> in, in June, I think. Um, and that's supposed to like reset things. And there's a couple, I think like Aquaman 2 and... Shazam. Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle showing up. at Yeah, Shazam 2. Blue Beetle's somewhere in that mix, which... I guess maybe we'll be brought into the new reality. I don't know. I don't know what all they're doing. We'll find that out. But it's like, based on what we've established so far, this movie's such a leap forward into a different like world than what the DC universe has built. And it's a, it's a status quo that I would like the DC films to live in. And if they all were in the same vibe and if they all kind of had the same approach of like there's heroes everywhere and we're bringing in all sorts of crazy cool characters and like we're just going wild then i'd really enjoy that but i would like to see how we got there and like have it be built in a way that feels foundational and feels like we're going to be able to keep living in that universe and like building new stories out of it uh and this just feels so out of left field in many different ways i do not think it works in that regard yeah. Yeah, I just I the the whole movie was just it was it just felt bland for me, which I wasn't really expecting it not to, but it just doesn't it just didn't really register. And it's funny as much as it is a Dwayne Johnson vanity project, it surprised me how for me at least how little it did for him. Like yeah. 
I, and I'm not his biggest fan anyway, but I won't deny that he can be very funny and he is very charismatic. Mm -hmm. I think his character, like if I had never seen a Dwayne Johnson movie and you were like, oh, he's just like super charismatic guy and people really love him. And I was like, oh, show me one of his movies. And this is what you showed me. I would go, why? Like he's big, I guess. But like, to me, he felt robotic in this and he felt really watered down. He didn't feel as charismatic as I know he is and can be. And I don't know if it was because he was being too serious, but that's kind of what he does. But he's like energetic, serious in the Fast and the Furious <laughs> but movies. That, but that's also like the movie has a lot of jokes. Yeah, exactly. And, and some of them go to him. But those moments, I, like the joke of him doing the thing about not getting the catchphrase. It's supposed to be like, I'm a serious man, so I don't understand comedy. But there's, that that is a comedic angle. But it came off as just robotic. It didn't come off as monotone. Right. Well, it's just uh, the in, so interestingly, weird. I kind of f- feel like there's a weird Terminator angle to this. Okay. Uh, oh, I, I was feeling the same way, but I, I caught not, that not in a, a kind way to this movie. <laughs> right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's weird. Like there's a couple of bits, like the relationship he has with the Amon, the boy, um, and like him trying to teach him about the modern world and then yeah, there's the yeah. the piece where he's the the really random set up and payoff within a 10 minute span of him seeing <clears throat> the man or the good the bad and the ugly uh, uh-huh. I, was, I was trying to figure out what the name of that is which is the fistful of dollars trilogy and i don't remember what the actual name of like the protagonist in that is that they call the isn't it the man with no name Man with no name. There we go. Because I was trying to think of man with golden gun. I'm like, that's not <laughs> the same thing. Now, um, no, no, no. You're on the right track, sure. Tyler. I want you to go that down that road. How 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 good would that have been if he had just electrocuted a TV playing a random '70s James Bond movie? <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> um, but he sees Thunderball he sees, and he's like, got it. <laughs> he sees. Uh, that's that's his catchphrase when he attacks people and he strikes like thunderball (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh then they could have gotten a tom jones song forced into one of these action sequences that would have been fun that's true we'll talk about the music uh (laughs) there's a a television playing uh the good the bad and the ugly randomly and he sees it and then electrocutes it after walking out of a wall and pushing a couch in a really awkward, weird way Was where he doesn't funny. like <laughs> notice the couch is there. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange beat. They do a lot uh, of him walking then, through walls and not using doors. That is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, I think it's a, it's a fine gag. Um, but he's surrounded by a bunch of guys in a square courtyard yeah. thing. Uh, and then he, they're all like waiting to shoot at him. And then it plays the music and then he electrocutes all of them and they all die. And then we just, that's never <laughs> revisited. Um, it's weird. It's weird. But that reminds me of like that. That makes me feel like a, is, is there an actual movie that uh, Schwarzenegger watches in like Terminator 2? that he well they do the thumbs up thing i don't think he does that i know the thumbs up and the smile and i'm trying to think if there's like a specific bit like that but i i feel like some catchphrases i mean the closest might actually be terminator 3 the whole talk to the hand gag oh yeah (laughs) well there is that scene in terminator 2 where he watches round midnight and then plays jazz sadly under a street lamp for a while yeah 
while murdering I, people. I thought you were going to say, there's this whole bit where he watches the first Terminator and he goes, this is a pretty good movie. <laughs> I give it let's, a solid 8 out of 10. Let's do that, but in daylight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I felt like, I think that's a really good comparison, but without the vervin enthusiasm of of Terminator 2. Um, there's There's a lot of things in this movie that make me feel like, I, I don't know if it's Joel or if it's the screenwriters or who, but it feels like there were a lot of references to stuff yeah. packed in there just to be like, this is a cool thing that's been done before. Let's I, stick it in our movie. I don't, it's yeah. weird. I also, I, I kept obviously thinking about Shazam in this and like Jack Dylan Grazer's character in that compared to the boy in this. Yeah. I like Jack Dylan Grazer a lot more because he can act. Well, I wouldn't. I, I'm not gonna come after a kid. Yeah. But no, I, I, I don't. I don't want to insult a, a child actor all that much. I thought the kid in this was not not great. The speech where he holds up his hands is not it's good. a little underwhelming. But also, I think that the, the character is written so rotely and annoyingly. Like Jack yeah. Dylan Grazer, I think he had he he was a very similar thing of like I'm the kid who gets all the superhero stuff, so I'm gonna teach you how to be a superhero. Yeah. But Jack Dylan Grazer's characters is written. He has more, the the lines are a little more clever. You know the jokes land better. And this is just very, what you think that is. It's like, yeah. What if we just boiled that character and John Connor and everything down to just like the archetype and just did that? And I just kind of kind of annoying. I did think Sarah Shahi did a nice job. Um, I I I was mm-hmm. honestly expecting her to die in that opening scene. Truly, I was like, all right, well, she got her paycheck and she's about to leave. Goodbye, Alias. No, she's in like the whole movie, so that was nice. Yeah, but there are two other uh, performances I genuinely like that we'll talk to talk about later. I do want to talk about that opening because I think the entire movie, to me, and this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the director is is in terms of action, to the best of my knowledge, known more for the the quick quick hits kind of sure fast fighting and some of that i think is applied well into this movie a lot of the movie relies on slow-mo there, there's kind of two two angles to it um that i that really stood out to me a lot of the movie relies on slow-mo and then the movie has a lot of humor uh that is really based on timing yeah and i don't think the timing is ever right <laughs> i'm gonna put a pin in that we can talk about that it's, that's not true there's there's bits that made me laugh but like i want to Set that to the side. The slow-mo, for one, it frustrates me to no end that they finally have this super powerful, uh, you know, man god uh, who can just murder everyone and sort of is allowed to murder everyone in, in his way in the movie. And they've introduced him after Snyder is no longer in their yeah. in their roster of directors. Like specifically, what really the one that really stood out to me is the the big scene after he's released from his prison. Uh, he murders all the guards that are kind of in that temple area, and then he goes flying outside. And they have this whole military array. They've got tanks. They've got grenades and missile launchers and helicopters and infantrymen and they're all they're all ready to blow him blow him up um and there's a slow-mo scene again talking about references it's a lot like a quicksilver scene from the 
X-Men films, the uh, later X-Men films, the Quicksilver, um, where he's going around and like setting up a bunch of things to explode. Like he's, he puts a grenade in somebody's mouth and he, uh, I think, grabs a rocket and like points it a different direction and he cuts off something of a helicopter and like <clears throat> does messes with a bunch of different things at a really fast speed. And then he like sets a bunch of electric electricity to go sparking out a big squad of guys. And the, and then he, you know, flies through it all and everybody explodes and dies in horrible agony. And it's, you know, big, big explosive moment. This, this ain't your grandpappy superhero. Um, and that scene, the, the setup for the scene is like 30 seconds. Like the way him going around and messing with all tinkering with all the guys that they're all going to die immediately when he kind of returns to regular sensation of time. I feel like if you gave that to Snyder, he would make that two minutes long of slow-mo and he would make it the coolest thing that (laughs) it could possibly be. Yeah. Like he would live in that and just really like milk it. And that's how I felt about a lot of beats in this movie where I was like, you, you need to sit in that yeah. in order for this like gratuitous slow-mo to work right. Like, you have to just like own it and be like, like for all the many things that we've criticized Snyder movies for and for, you know, the things he said about like, well, superheroes, you know, look when you're in, they're in the bright red capes. It doesn't look as it's hard to take them seriously or whatever. You know, like the, all all the stuff, weird stuff he said about superheroes and not really seeming to be on the same wavelength as like the traditional way that we'd want to see them adapted. He is is not afraid in the slightest of c- going completely overindulgent yeah. on an action scene to make it just like your your uh, childhood visions of smashing action figures together come to life in the the grandest possible way, like. That's the one thing he does, and this movie so wants to replicate that feeling, and it it really does give me a little bit of appreciation for like how he does that, and like how he has that eye for that, and just will like knows when to punch it in and just go off, um, because I think this movie feels really just like that. I I don't know how much of it is directing, I don't know how much of it is editing, um, but it it does not flow in a way that is smooth. And I think it is, I think it's, it's not far off. Like, I feel like there's beats that seem really neat. I think that's a cool idea. Although again, it is kind of a rip off of the Quicksilver stuff. Um, but it like, I like the idea of that scene. I like that it's this character who just is going around murdering everyone. And we're just having to like be along for the ride and how they, that sets up the conflict with the justice society. That stuff I think is neat, but uh, I, the movie doesn't feel right. Right. No, I would agree. And also, Zach would have played, like, Fade Into You by Mazzy Starr yes. over it. And that yes. would have been a good time. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it. I, it. Yeah, the movie just feels just, like, off-kilter in a, in a weird way that never really, yeah, just didn't really quite, quite right. Another thing that really bothered me in terms of, like I said, the continuity didn't really... Ultimately, it didn't bother me all that much, but I found it just really ridiculous when Hawkman is like, heroes don't kill people, and The Rock does the dramatic lean-in. I do. Sure. I'm like, 
Batman and Superman are serial killers in this universe. I'm sorry. Like also, this this has <laughs> this carries no weight. <laughs> there's there's a lot of those like written by an AI yeah. quote badass lines. Um, but if this were actually a universe where Batman and Superman had behaved like Batman and Superman, right, okay, right. that's sure, one sure. thing. But I don't know. And, and like the rock is so selective in his interviews about what continuity he seen. I guess I do care about the continuity because I keep droning on about it. <laughs> cause like he was the one that was like, Henry Cavill needs to come back. Cause, cause black Adam's got to fight Superman. Cause apparently he just wants Superman to be black Adam's arch nemesis, even though that's never yep. been the case. Um, but, and also apparently he, I don't know if he just hates Shazam or like what the deal is there, but he refused to be in either Shazam movie. And really? it's weird that the wizard Juman Hansu is yeah. in this and Shazam is a plot point. They are trying to get Black Adam to say Shazam so he gets depowered. But apparently he just kind of wants nothing to do with the character Shazam. It's very, very weird. And I guess... I, I don't know, maybe maybe he just wants to stick with the serious big boy superhero movies and not deal with the childish comedic stuff that is much better than this. Um, but I, that, this movie is full of, like, weird comedy. I this know, movie I has, know that's has, the confusing has, thing. Alex, Alex, can I, can I take a, a guess? Uh, is your least favorite character uh, the uncle? Brother no. Guy? Okay. No, my least favorite character is the kid, unfortunately. Okay. Is your second least favorite character the uncle brother guy? I would say most of the other human characters made almost no impact on me. I'll, I'll be honest; I was bored for, for the guy. The, the guy who the guy who has the thing about I know the he spot. He kept making like, jokes and uh, what was it? You can come. Back. Baby, come back. Yeah, was baby, playing yeah. on the radio. It's like, whatever. Okay. Oh, the guy right. who died but didn't die. I was like, who's this? Oh, he. I we thought he died at the beginning. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it made no impact uh, except for Sarah Shahi. I. I will say, I, I, I do understand the allure of, like, I know that these characters don't have anything to do with each other, but I want them to fight, because when I am inevitably cast in the DCU as, like, Professor Pig or something, you know I'm only doing that if Amethyst <laughs> is in the movie. <laughs> you Have you it's, met me? <laughs> look, I think it's, it's, it's really his... Uh... I think it's his wrestling roots. I think, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, you have to establish, you know, who's the, right. Who's the heel. Like who's, who's the guy who is sure. like, okay, okay we yeah, can do the yeah, big yeah, matchup yeah. and then we can come back to it. And then, you know, like we can have the rematch and like, you know, we, if you, if you attach yourself to someone else who is, who's popular, the two of you together are like, sure. You got the antagonism going, then you can use that, you know, and like people want to, you'll both be popular because people want to, see that clash so i that actually might be kind of where he's getting some of that the mentality i I Uh, do get that um kind of like how amethyst is professor pig's heel (laughs) yeah exactly that's what i'm saying allison williams has to do a superhero movie at some point um should stop telling myself things will never have (laughs) but uh one never knows i think that uh the the i i want to start talking about Hawkman by saying I'm getting a little tired of the the current super and this is Marvel this is DC this is everybody that armor means lots of little interconnecting like machinery that goes just have wings just have wings yep in this movie I don't know if Hawkman has superpowers if he's just a guy with a suit I remember on 
the the Legends of Tomorrow, he was like a German guy who died, and I didn't. And <laughs> all I really knew about that was, oh, cool, one less person to, to distract me from all the great stuff that Brandon Routh is doing and sure. Wentworth Miller. But, like, <laughs> I I don't, I didn't like the way, his, I, I just didn't get any of it. But I will say, I think Aldous Hodge is very good in the movie because Aldous Hodge is yeah. a very good actor. And I think Aldous Hodge does the comedy well. I think Aldous Hodge does the drama well. He's very present. He's very in it. And he's committing to it. And I almost messaged you guys as well as watching it. This movie doesn't deserve the effort Pierce Brosnan is putting into this performance. Correct. I, I really wish that the movie was not actually called Black Adam. I, I wish it would call would call itself Hawkman and Dr. Fate, a tale of many shenanigans. Buddy cop. Basically, I quite enjoyed Pierce Brosnan in this. I thought he did a lovely job. I I don't even think Pierce Brosnan particularly had all that much to do, but he was good for what he had. Oh, and and he had this big long speech at the end that I was like, great, sure, whatever. I'm honestly like, Rock included, I feel like aside from the two of them, most of this is just dead weight. Like, I would pay money out of my bank account for Pierce Brosnan to talk to me about video games, even if he doesn't understand them. Like, just read this Chrono Cross strategy guide to me, Pierce Brosnan. Well, you see, you wake up in Arnie Village. It wasn't. The Fort Dragonia was only a sort of prelude, a precursor to later in the game. You might start off with Guile. You might have Rasley. God help you if you have Doc. But... (laughs) Look, Britain, Goldeneye 007 just came back. It's true. and you know true. you can you can start playing it, and Pierce Brosnan will just slap the controller out of your hand and go, "You can't play as Odd Job. <laughs> That's cheating." No odd job, slappers only in my mind palace. <laughs> no, but I, I thought he and Aldous Hodge were both like giving, trying to give like actual performances that you know actors do in movies, and, and I think Sarah Shahi <laughs> was doing the same. But like, yeah. I kept being like, "What, you guys?" You were in One Night in Miami. You're in uh, Evelyn. I don't know. <laughs> Other stuff. You were in The Foreigner. <laughs> like, go make... He was in Die Another Day. Hey, die Another Day. Notice that a James Bond movie did not come first. Well, I was James trying to think Bond of a non-Bond movie, and I was like, uh, oh, Dante oh, and... What you, was that movie? You were, you were trying to think of a good movie, yes. Don, um, Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak. He was in that. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> there you go. I will. I will also say I. I'm fine with the way the movie does Hawkman. Uh, okay. There's definitely iterations of Hawkman that are like big metal wings. Um, the I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a second to do a, a little mini Hawkman okay. ramble for anybody who's not familiar. He is a character who like. I think the original version is like, a, a, a professor who goes to Egypt and gets the powers of a hot God. Uh, and then there's like a later version who comes from another planet called Thanagar. Okay. Uh, and then DC, for some reason, like the DC continuity in the comics is a mess in many ways. There are many things that they've screwed up, but for some reason, Hawkman is like the most convoluted, of any of them. And I don't know why. I don't know why like he in particular gets so screwed up because they, they like keep introducing more origins for him uh, in sort of the early, uh, earlier formational years of the, the DC universe in the comics. And like, there is literally a, it's a 
uh, Zero Hour is the event that's like basically 10 years after Crisis on Infinite Earths in the 80s. They were like, hey, there's still some stuff that's screwed up. We, we're going to like mess with this and like change some timings and like try and, you know, organize some of this. Did not really work, but it was an attempt. Um, and during this event, they literally just have uh, all the Hawkmans from all the universes merge into one Hawkman like avatar entity. And they're okay. like, what, what is that? What's happening with him? What's the, what's the deal there? And everyone's like, I don't know. He's just, it's just Hawkman now. We don't, we don't know where he can. He's just Hawkman. <laughs> like they, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but only so much. Like they basically okay. just don't know what to do with him. They're just like, he's, he's Hawkman. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay. He's fine. And Hawkgirl is part of it. Yes, exactly. Is it is it a case where the Hawkman book just never sold well? So like every six months they throw just a random writer on and be like, do something. I don't. I don't think he ever had his own title. Okay. For a for a long time, I think he was more like he'd show up in, like as one of the ongoing stories in another comic that starred you know someone more popular, yeah. Green Lantern or Flash or right, you know like. It, it, anytime a new writer comes on board and they're like oh uh, i guess the story calls for hawkman does anyone is walking around the office everyone's like getting their morning coffee and whatnot anyone remember the origin of hawkman i've got to write this story and nobody remembers <laughs> they're all talking <laughs> but about this Harvey, just happens Harvey every time yeah. yes yes um he's like that's so weird this is like the the sixth time <laughs> this has happened <laughs> and i i think they've made some progress in finally like sorting that out and by by modern times but point is you give me a hawk man who has the hawk helmet yeah. the the wings sprouting out of the helmet yeah has has big wings Do- doesn't really matter exactly what they look like he's got a has a big yeah has a big mace those are like the check yeah the checkoffs yeah. for for a hawk man so i'm like yep you did it well i think uh good performance from the actor yeah let's yes. go I think that uh, Josh Trank did a pass where he was a, a sort of hack activist character called Hackman, but then um, S- S- Simon Kinberg was like, "What if he had a Scottish friend who was like more like Hackman?" <laughs> so and his dad was a pilot, and so when he when he was you know killed by I guess people who were like overdosing during the opioid crisis. He he kept his little pilot wings his dad gave him, and he yeah, was like, yeah. one day I'll fly like you, Dad. But first I gotta take down the man with my computer skills. Yeah. And that's my new movie, Hackman. I, I, I was brought on for a day to do rewrites, I don't know why, and my only, my single contribution was just some guy in the background going, don't you mean Melvin Hawkman? <laughs> don't you mean Melvin Man? <laughs> With all the powers of one Melvin. I think Melvin Doom might be the inside joke that finally just decimates the whole podcast. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Great. Ma- makes us have negative views. Great. You know, if I if if there were anything that would burn this podcast to the ground, I'm glad it's that. Well, and I, and I do want to clarify. <laughs> I, I don't dislike Hawkman as used in the movie. I, mine is more, maybe this is more the MCU. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of movies now are doing like magic things as machinery. Where you just kind of see, like, I don't know. And I want it to I guess, feel more magic-y. But I also kind of respect the movie doesn't go into too much detail about how he got his power. So, like, he's Hawkman. Yeah. Moving on. And same with, same with Dr. Fate. Yeah. They're like, Dr. He, Fate's... He has it. And, yeah, it's just like, he's a magic guy. He's and he's got, got the no-eye helmet. helmet. It was cool. 
Uh, and he looks great. He does. That's a yeah. good design. It's very good. Um, he, they, they do a lot of sort of Doctor Strange adjacent effects with his magic because Doctor Strange got there first. So they're just like, all right, I guess, <laughs> what? Uh, how else can we make this look? Um, and it ends up looking a lot like Doctor Strange, but that's fine. Then maybe it's if neat. I had never played the Injustice games and I was like, I've never heard of Doctor Fate and I started this movie, I maybe would have liked it more because I've been like, and this guy was just making now later? <laughs> <laughs> he was just turning all those buildings into yesterday. <laughs> it was crazy. But I did. Yeah. Those are the two performances I really latched onto. I, 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 I like Noah Centineo well enough as Adam Smasher. I think he had some good gags. I actually liked the way he's asking Cyclone, what's your power? Wind. She says, what's your power? And he goes, grow. Like, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. It's it cute. And I, I kind of liked the way they would do her wind stuff where she was just like, they had the, 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 like, I don't know how to describe it, but that looked all right. You know, they're both fine. They're plucky. I, yeah. I think it was more just they didn't have enough to do. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I feel I got... like you could easily cut them from the movie and you would lose nothing, sure. which is unfortunate because I feel like I didn't hate them either. Yeah, um, I got excited about Cyclone because I had never heard of Cyclone the character before. I think she's a more modern iteration of something or the other. Um and uh it it references that she is the grant like there's a, a bit that says she's the granddaughter of the red tornado uh which after looking into it i realized that this isn't even there's a whole thing going on here but long story short origin story that is adjacent to the red tornado who is an android looks right. a lot like the vision but he's red uh and he just like spins around in a big red red tornado um, and I didn't know if, you know, what they were doing with this character. I was really hoping she was just going to have red tornado powers. Yeah. And just like, I thought that would be, look pretty cool and visually striking. Still, still do some neat stuff with her, but it's, it's <clears> not. They do red tornado in like episode three or something of the CW Supergirl show. And it kind of looked yeah. like one of the Rock'em Sock'em robots. <laughs> Got really dizzy. Yeah. I, I exactly. Was, I want it. <laughs> I, I was happy that she had like a, a fairly green color palette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just it is watching... Nice. Just, just looking at all the DC movies, I'm like, I, there needs to be some more color, please. I did, for all of its Snyder stuff, this movie does, does resist the urge to be too gray. Yeah. I will I will grant that. It really keeps that to just the flashback sequences, which yeah. is probably why it feels the most Snyder right, in those parts. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I felt like the, the movie also tried to work in all of this stuff about how Kondok is being oppressed. Like, they really lean into the Wakanda proxy for this. Where they've got this mineral nobody else has called Eternium. And now they're going to stand up for their thing. And I first of all want to say, the thing is called Eternium. It exists only in Kondok, which is why Kondok is being invaded. At the beginning of the movie, a character finds some Eternium and says a Kondaki word for Eternium. If Eternium only exists there, why do why do they have a separate word for it? Why, why doesn't he just say Eternium? Or why don't we oh. just call it whatever he said? This is oh, not a problem. Britain. But Britain. I put my I, I Kirby'd Alex and got a little Alex hat on, and I was <laughs> just like, why? Britain, you've unopened my tomb now. <laughs> now I'm 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 alive again. Yeah. I because I was I was so happy at the beginning with the flashback sequences of just like, oh, there's subtitles and they're yeah, speaking yeah. not English. Okay, no, this is great. I, I all right, verisimilitude, I got it. And then Black Adam wakes up and just starts speaking English. <laughs> I mean, by that you can be What like, are you ah, doing? He's a, he's a god. 
He figured it out. Shazam magic. Maybe, yeah. maybe um, try just a little bit. But it's just, it, that, that bit was weird to me. But the other thing is this movie, there is a scene where a bunch of skeletons show up, I yes. guess. And then Sarah Shahi's because like. Because of Sabak, who we have not talked about yet. They do, yeah. I will Sabak say. Sabak is make, the card game from Star Wars. This is all stupid. They make, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm down for some fantasy jargon i really I, I do not hold it against things they make pierce brosnan say the crown of sabak so many times yes. <laughs> yeah. he, like, we bet you can't make it sound cool again yeah it really Try felt it, it again, really pierce did feel brosnan. like a dare like they couldn't go would you just say the crown at this point wouldn't just be like there's the crown no every single time he's like you yeah, have to go find the crown of sabak <laughs> like he's really leaning into it and I, I loved that from him but i was like why do you keep doing this but all these skeletons show up, and Sarah Shahi's like, we'll never beat them. But who's there except slow-motion, lazily skateboarding kid <laughs> with a bunch of all the Kandaki people with, like, pi- pipes and saws and knives yeah. being like, this is evil dice tonight! <laughs> and they charge, and, we, there's a, and they fight the skeletons for about half a second, and yeah. then... We're supposed to be moved, like it's like I don't know. It was so there, silly. There's a good, there's a good bit there where the brother, uncle, I that's, that's that sounds wrong. That's <laughs> not that's not what I should be calling. I guess the brother is. I forget his actual name. Brunkle, Brunkle. <laughs> uh, he uh, basically like shows up in the van and he's playing "Baby Come Back" and whatever. Uh, but he he pulls out a. A, a big pipe because Dr. Fate told him to stay away from electricity because he's an electrician or, and then he freaks out because he's, he's an electrician, but then he shows up and starts wailing on the skeletons. Cause he's like, I die by electricity. It's fine. And he just yeah. like goes off on him. That's a good bit. That guy is like, not many of his jokes land, but a few of them are pretty good. Um, the, the, so that whole angle, I did really like that. The, Basically, the the tracing of that that story from kind of a like meaning standpoint is the Justice Society shows up. They're like, "Hey, Kandakians, we're here to save you because this guy's killing people, and we don't like you." And um, I think it's uh the Sarah Sarah Sahi Shahi Shahi. Um, what is her character's name in the movie? Can I remember? Adrian, I thought you were looking, I, Britain. I thought you were looking up the Brunkle, and so I thought you were going to have oh, it ready to go. Sarah I thought Shot. you were you were helping me out. Here. <laughs> so Ron Tomatoes, it has Adriana, that's her name, but then it yes. also has her labeled as Isis. Yeah, is she one of the? I I think she's in the flashbacks as well as like the ancestor of. Yeah, like I think she's also Black Teth Adams' wife. Oh, okay. In flashbacks. Yeah, that makes sense. I could be wrong. Yeah, Adriana Tomas. Okay. Adriana uh, basically is like, guys, we we have had, like, the, for example, Intergang. We've had all these people coming to just, like, basically totally, you know, oppress us and take over our country and say, like, yeah, no, we're just going to, like, look for all the stuff that we want to steal from here and you can't say anything about it and you know, you're just going to have to deal with our presence here. Um, and you, the justice society have done nothing to help us. And now this guy is actually doing something and you're showing up to stop him. 
because you don't agree with the way he's doing it. I like that. I think that's neat. And I think it's neat that the end of the movie is <laughs> whether it, whether or not it be strange, uh, Ray Harryhausen CGI skeletons <laughs> popping up out of the ground, <laughs> whether or not it is that it is a middle Eastern country. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a country or like a city or a city state. I'm not hundred percent sure on like what the geography is there, but a, a people in the Middle East rising up to basically reclaim, you know, the things that have been like, I'm talking around the fact that it, it feels like it is basically a sort of reprimand on like U.S. military in, you know, interference in the Middle East. And like, it feels like it's, it's looking at that and saying like, oh no, these people deserve to have, you know, this place be their own. Um, and it's, it's analyzing that it's analyzing like how, you know, the, the justice society in this, as this, I guess, part of the government, I don't, I don't really, again, know what they're doing with Amanda Waller, but they're coming in to try and like, you know, basically stop them from gaining their freedom back. And ultimately justice society obviously is kind of like, okay, actually we do need to step out of here. We, we did, you know, kind of, stick ourselves in this situation that we don't understand. We are actually heroes. So we're going to reevaluate and and step back and give black Adam space to be the protector here. Just stay there. <laughs> like, I, I think that is a neat angle that I don't know that I've ever seen quite happen in a movie. Like I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen a movie really tackle that kind of approach in that way. Um, where, mostly because Kendak does feel so much like a true Middle Eastern city, whereas you have something like Wakanda that is like obviously a a science fiction fantasy city that does have like represent a lot of ideas about Africa and like, you know, is able to be used as a, a metaphor for, you know, a lot of the, the ways other countries have gone into Africa. Like that is, that is neat. I liked that the movie did that didn't really shy away from it and ended with kind of the rev- resolution of like, yeah, we kicked out intergang black Adam is our protector. Now that's where we're at. That's what we're doing. Like, I, I think that is <clears throat> a surprisingly interesting little wrinkle in what could otherwise be a very generic movie and often is. Yeah. I think that's the most original thing that the movie has. And I actually like that too. It's like, I don't really see that very often in superhero yep. movies. But then we keep cutting away to other just yeah, dumb things and like it feels like this movie has it oddly is ambitious with just the amount of spinning plates that it's got. Like mm-hmm. it's a very simple story overall, but there's just a lot of moving pieces. But none of them get time to shine. And it's like, no, no no, you need to you need to trim this down a little bit. And, and get this more focused, which Britain circling back. I mean, this this is, you know, 15 years of devel- development hell. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, like yeah. it keeps yeah. stuff get keeps getting piled on, piled on, piled on. And then the execs go, all right, time to finally shoot this thing. It better be two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that the movie. I, I agree. I, I don't want to bring up that that element of the movie as, as a criticism, because I think it is good that it's in the movie. I wish it handled it more in the way, like with more efficacy, like Black Panther handles its 
similar I wish, mission. I wish that yes. was the movie. If yeah. we have to have a Black Adam movie, and I would argue we don't, but <laughs> if we do, this is a perfectly valid, like this is all almost justifies the movie. Like yeah. that being the angle that it takes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. Too bad the wanna, movie sucked. <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about the uh, flashback where we kind of get the twist on the original flashbacks that uh, Teth Adam, the or that Harut, who is Teth Adam's son, was actually the champion, and then he gave his powers back to his dad because his dad was dying, and then. He gets shot by an arrow. Um, and there's like several things that immediately distracted me in that scene. Uh, because one, they Steve Rogers the rock. <laughs> they they yeah. Chris Evans him. They yeah. they make him tiny. Uh yeah. and it's very weird. It's very off-putting. Um I mean it actually doesn't look bad, but it's just like <laughs> it's just like uh this is my brain does not want this to be the thing I'm seeing. Uh, and then there's some weird, almost comedic timing, ironically, because I think the movie struggles with comedic timing in a lot of ways. There's almost comedic timing on Harut's death. Like they're sitting there standing in a, uh, what seems to be a enclosed hut with like all the enemies dead. Uh, and, and they're talking through like, Harut's like, now you can be the champion. And like, the, you know, I just, I, I was able to give you back your life. So now you can be the protector. And then he just gets shot immediately and dies. And it's like, where did that even, what, how, <laughs> like, they show that I think people are coming in through the roof or something like that, but it's, it's strange. Um, and then that might've been all I had about it. <laughs> I think I just was like, yeah, that was, that was a weird it's it's fine i think like it adds some depth to him and like where he's coming from and why he's so just like angry and not really interfacing emotionally with things um but i i feel like i don't know if it's worthy of a twist i don't i don't know that it totally like adds what it needs to there if i remember correctly i don't think the marketing gave away that his son was the one who initially received the Shazam no. powers and then pass them off. But I, I remember the marketing being very clear of like, no, his son died and he has to avenge his oh, son. Okay. I was like, oh, so like, you've already given away a little too much with the marketing yeah. there, um, which the marketing for this movie was not very good to begin with. But um, yeah, I, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I do like the scene where he finally kind of tells Hawkman what's going on and yeah. why. But I I almost feel like The Rock's performance doesn't even work all that well with with that. Because I get it. It's supposed to be like he's detached and cold about things. Sure. But I feel like he needs to play it much more angry and much more yeah. like dour. And instead he's just like, he, it seems like he just doesn't care through a lot of it. Well, and you can be detached and cold and still charismatic, like Ryan, yeah. like Ryan Gosling, or Aldous Hodge sometimes. Sure. sure. Um, I I think that, yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, the the th- one thing I will say about the marketing, I don't think it spoiled like anything from the second half of this movie, uh, at least in terms of like showing you clips from it. Um, there is it a didn't big old spoil the bad guy, which is yeah, yeah, 
weird. There is a big old third act where uh, Sabak, who is a DC character. Okay. Uh, not just a stolen name from Star Wars, although maybe <laughs> back then it was too. He's uh, not He's not a pack of Star Wars trading cards. He's not <laughs> a pack of Star Wars trading cards. Uh, who has kind of a neat design. He's got this star on his chest and he's got the devil horns and he's got red skin and he's like big <laughs> like that's that's enough for me i'm like yeah cool um he uh he does create a red laser into the sky uh which is an improvement over a blue laser it also doesn't last as long as the the traditional blue laser it's kind of just a, a burst to make the skeletons appear um but it is still the same imagery that we've been doing for many, many years now in superhero movies. I think it's time to move on. You know, when I started Black Adam, I, I rubbed my hands together and I said, I'm so happy to be past the Fantastic Four movies. I mean, that blue laser in the sky was just a complete <laughs> disaster. I don't know what they were thinking. About about three or four apartment buildings over, people could hear me going, what? <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> Um, however, it. balanced out, balanced out by Hawkman. Uh, at one point, his mace turns into a big old axe. Yeah, he, he that smacks Sabak with it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Overall, I like a lot of the action between the superhero, like when the Justice Society is fighting Black Adam and when they're fighting Sabak. I think a lot of that mm. is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that, to my my read on it, is that it's kind of <laughs> a lot of it's more just CGI at that point. <clears throat> so I feel like some of that, like the quick cutting and the the hard hitting action that's really up close, that I think uh, the director is probably feeling more comfortable with. They can kind of just turn to the computers and be like, put something on the computer that'll look cool, uh, because uh, it's a lot of it's pretty neat. It's Hawkman and beating up on people and Doctor Fate doing magic stuff and. Adam Smasher shows up and looks pretty good when he turns huge and Cyclone does some cool things. Like all of that works pretty well. Uh, there's the, the part at the end where Dr. Fate does the multiple Dr. Fates thing, like Dr. Strange and probably both infinity War and game at some point. Uh, and, uh, Spock is having this to shatter his, uh, his various mirror images, uh, to get at the real one kind of neat as a distraction tactic um there is a good scene in there where the rock breaks out of task force x's prison and yeah it looks uh, like bang yeah he's got this mask on him to stop him for saying shazam and he's beating up on all the guys uh i think that's done pretty well and then he he pulls it out and it's like this long tube that goes down into his lungs it looks like which is freaky and interesting um it's I I liked the the flow of that third act for the most part. I think it it doesn't overstay its welcome. It it has a lot of good punchy moments, and uh, overall, I thought it was pretty effective. How many times do Black Adam and Hawkman fight? Because it felt like three or four. Was it just twice? Several. Yeah, it's too many. It might be three however times. many times it is. It's too many. Well, I think for it me. also didn't help that I mean we don't know Hawkman's power level. Right. And like you said, like, I don't know if he can actually take the damage that yeah. uh, Black Adam is, is dealing him. Um, but Black Adam is invincible and, and boring. So, like, none of the scenes where he's fighting the Justice Society had any sort of tension because I'm like, 
can't stop him. Like, what? <laughs> what is the point of this other than we just need action scenes to happen in our action movie? Look, look, it's an improvement over uh, Suicide Squad 2016, putting together a team that was supposed to take on a, a metahuman level threat. <laughs> <laughs> True. And it's, it's a bunch of humans and a crocodile man. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that actually goes to, to uh, my earlier point. I, I think this would have been a situation where Amanda Waller would have sent in Task Force X. Right. I don't know why the Justice Society works with her. It's so confusing. (coughs) I have no answers for you. Uh, Um, The the Rock does tell Sabacc, uh, tell them the man in black sent you when he kills Sabacc. This is good. That's funny. He finally does it. It was lame. It was so lame. I liked it. However, there is a, a moment not too long after that, where somebody says something. I it's I think it's Adam Smasher is talking to The Rock uh, and is like, hey, we made a pretty good team. And The Rock's like, yeah, we did. And then he Adam Smasher like starts to say something else. And then The Rock's like, don't push it. And I was like, that's taking me right back to 2007. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> me and you afterwards. A lot of that. <laughs> yes. Um, I did laugh out loud at the end of the giant third act action scene because we have um, Avengers, Chitauri slash uh, Phantom Menace uh, Trade Federation logic where you kill the bad guy and all the goons just die yeah. or disappear or whatever. So Sabat yeah. gets defeated and all the Ray Harryhausen skeletons just kind of fall away. And then you just got this wide shot of the people of Kondok like cheering, which is fine. Except I didn't see a single person like dead on the ground. I was like, oh, yeah. so they just showed up and like nobody got hurt or anything. And it like the like I already felt like the stakes in this movie were wildly out of whack. But <laughs> like literally nobody died from this. I mean, what's a skeleton going to do? Actually, everybody that died turned into a skeleton. And yeah. so, you know, <laughs> okay. Afterwards. Okay. Maybe there's a deleted scene. You know, maybe, maybe, the, oh, <laughs> you sure. know, this really just needs more I mean, more that fight was basically deleted from the movie. So. I mean, really. Release the call it Sarah cut. You took the words right out of my mouth. Let's start that hashtag. <laughs> I, uh. I laughed out loud when the kid slowly skateboarded up with all the that angry town very, people. That was pretty good. Because it's a bit that I think, again, because of the other stuff that I was talking about earlier, like that could work if you just had them show up. But he is he's skateboarding in slow-mo, so he's just slowly drifting yeah. into the center of the frame. And, he, and you, don't see, it, yeah. you don't see the skateboard. You just see the upper half of it. And so it's just like... <laughs> and he has this kind of like la- like lazy tween posture of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I was laughing at him through the entire second half of the movie because he just starts wearing a cape. Oh, yeah. He does. There, and I was this... just like, how old is this kid supposed to be? Because he looks like he's like 14 or 15, but a kid running around with like sheets for a cape it would be like a seven-year-old move. He, he does also uh, have a shoot in his apartment that allows him to get down a floor into the stairwell. Um, why? And also he, he uses this to escape 
later on in the movie from from Ishmael, who we'll, we haven't really talked about. Uh, and Ishmael is just kind of like, he got away. And it's like, this kid is not that much smaller than him. Like, why why can't he also use the chute? The, he oh, doesn't yeah. even, like, he doesn't get the thing closed back, so it's not like he walks in and is like, where did the kid go? It's like, no, the, it's sitting right there. Probably just... Should have done uh, slide some right in. Halloween 5 logic where, where the kid gets stuck in the chute and somebody just starts jabbing a knife through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's that? <laughs> That's in the call it Sarah cut. Well, I'm telling we, you, cut. In his room, he does have a Superman logo poster that Black Adam punches his big, amazing fist through. Yeah, take right. that, weak Superman. Yeah. <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> Ishmael is a character who is uh, in the opening. Allegedly. He uh, is like heavily hinted to be the bad guy, and then it looks like he dies, but then it turns out he doesn't actually die because he gets back up and he's like somebody in intergame punched him me on on purpose because it was all it was all an act it was all a ploy uh and then he shoots that guy for punching him too hard uh and then he drifts around for a little bit and then it turns out that he was he had he was trying to die while wearing the crown he was trying to get black adam to kill him while he had the crown on because then that allowed him to go to the the six demons and become sabak uh because he's the thousand descendant of akron ohio (laughs) uh i think that's right uh it's arc archon something something along those lines um it's it's a lot there's yeah. a lot going on there. There's like a full-on chase scene after he's kidnapped he, the kid, right? Where I, where Black Adam's chasing yes. him, and it's like, well, if he wanted to, if he wanted him to kill him, he would just like be floating in the air. Like we don't need a chase. Yeah, it's, it's it doesn't track super well. It's, it's it, almost like they 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 had a quota for action scenes, and that <laughs> that got him through the quota. It's like this is he, the, I give them the credit for turning him into the big mean comic book villain at the end and just like doing that design. And like, then he, he fights everyone and like now he's a super villain. But I was really worried for a lot of the movie that it was just going to be like, this is our bad guy. He's just a guy. Cause what, what if a guy, what if just a guy could take on <laughs> a superhero? It's a real Dylan of a, of a lad. What if he's Look, just like so smart? Tyler, if you can make God bleed, then people will cease to believe in him. Bleed. Uh, it he also I feel like his mannerisms sometimes are a little bit of Heath Ledger Joker. Uh, there's there's some elements of that, which again I just feel like I was catching a lot of things in this movie that felt like they were just references, not even references, but like it, it felt like they. I almost you could have convinced me that they just watched like five movies that they wanted to take inspiration from before making this movie, and then they put references subconsciously to all of them uh when they wrote the script because it just feels like there's a lot of that it does not feel like an original idea it feels like a lot of little bits cobbled together um i don't know yeah i thought i thought sabak was a pretty terrible villain all around um 
I, I, I'd have to do my power rankings for DCEU villains because, like, they're all terrible. <laughs> like, Patrick Wilson's the best one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dark sure. side, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I do like Snyder Cut Steppenwolf, but that's yeah. more just in hindsight of knowing what he was in the first place. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I... I, that's where I was getting Suicide Squad flashbacks because he was reminding me of is it Incubus, uh, Cara Delevingne's like demon brother guy who they fight and who it he's this, this giant CG guy and Diablo like sacrifices himself by killing him. Are you sure you're not thinking of Diablo? <laughs> no, Diablo's you know, in the Suicide I, Squad. You know I could. You know I'm, I'm talking 2016 Suicide Squad. Not the Suicide Squad. Are, are you sure you're not thinking of Killer Croc? Are you sure you're not thinking of General Zod? Yeah. I'm thinking of Hux. Yeah. TC <laughs> um, really has not had success with the villains, have they? Yeah, I think my problem is that they turn black out. Oh, Ewan McGregor's the best villain. Shut your mouth. It's Ewan McGregor. He's the best one. From thus Birds of Prey. I mean, I would say maybe one yeah. of the better performances. I, I, yeah. As it a was character, the villain in the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, pretty good villain. Starro's actually maybe the best. yeah. Star actually, it might be Starro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick Wilson. I love you. Come back to Broadway. But <laughs> Starro, Starro's got you on this one. Good, good call. Good call. Um. But yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you can actually make a movie like in, in the superhero realm where your main character is a bad guy because they, they keep doing this anti-hero shtick like with Joker or with the Venom movies. And yeah, I kind of wish they would just try it. Just like, no, our protagonist is a bad guy. We're going to look completely through the lens of how, how he's looking at things like I, I don't know. I feel like that would be far more interesting than just, yeah, he fights some superheroes for a while and then they, they make up and, and pat each other on the back and go fight the real bad guy. Like, I'm just, I'm so tired of this. I'm so sick of this nonsense. Sure. Uh, the bad guy sucked. That is my point. Moving on. Um, do we want to talk about the, the, the end? Wait, yeah. can we talk about the music first? Sure. Yeah, why not? It's by Michael Giacchino uh, and Hans Zimmer. Sure. Don't either. turn it up. Don't 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 you bait me like that, sir. Um Don't you do it? It's not. They didn't do it. <sighs> There's at least a couple more like needle drops that I'm not thinking of. I thought you were gonna say there were at least six composers. They just <laughs> rotated through them. Yeah. There's rat in a cage. Um, I know that one. That is uh Bullet with Butterfly Wings, which is an incredible transition out of that. Sure. Op- like the <laughs> opening, that the intro uh, is, you know, this five minute sequence. That's the, like we talked about the backstory prologue kind of thing. Um, and I, I guess the title uh, drop is in front of that. I don't remember actually when they show the title. They may not. I think it's the end. I guess they do only show it at the end. Okay. They save it to the end and they show it twice. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We'll get to that. Um, But because of that, we kind of finish up with the opening 
and then just cut and then play Bullet with Butterfly Wings, which has a very aggressive opening to the song. And it's not like the, the, the timing does not like either give it long enough for you to kind of, you know, be like, wow, okay, I'm out of the, I, I, you, you've shown me Ken Doc in the modern day long enough that now I'm kind of out of that, uh, previous mindset okay i'm ready to get into the the real meat of this story nor is it like oh this is a weird comedic smash cut it's somewhere in the middle right of of playing that line whereas if you just had the title drop there then you could just be like all right prologue in somebody says teth adam will, will return to save us all or something like that boom black adam and then uh you know you give that you you let it sit on that for a couple seconds and then you start playing the song and then it's like, oh, no, it's a totally different world. Like, th- there's something you can do there, but because they don't have the title drop there, it's such an awkward, weird transition that's very, very jarring. And there's several songs that do this throughout the movie, like the Baby Come Back recurring bit with uh, the brother whose name we still do not know. Uh, and the the thing with the uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly theme. There's at least one more... I mean, Paint It Black is during yes. um, the big scene yes. where Black Adam's taking out all the helicopters and tanks and stuff. Paint It Black should have long enough to play. Paint It Black should play in its entirety during that slow-mo scene where he's about to murder all these people. And they should do a real, uh, um, was it Wonder Woman that had the Toto Pitbull mashup? No, Aquaman. Aquaman. They should do that, Whoa. but they've got Paint It Black and it's like mixed in with like a Muezzin call to prayer. That's not... That's not what I'm saying at all. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm I, doing comedy. You know, you know. Normally, normally, Tyler, you and I are the ones arguing about some nonsense, and then Britain will come in and be the tiebreaker and, and lean your way always. <laughs> and no. you know, now I'm 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 going to jump in. I'm going to I'm going to lean Britain's way. I, I vote for his song choice. <laughs> also, I think I'm closer to where your needle is on this movie. <laughs> Just. Sure. Just to be fair, I will say um, I do think Tyler that that your your pitch does make sense, um, and I wouldn't actually want them to appropriate a, a religious internet a Muslim <laughs> called prayer in a you in know a rock disagree. <laughs> I was more speaking of sins of the past and how they could reappear. I since I should have just let you do your joke. Sins of the past would be an excellent meta name for this movie. So. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm 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 moving on from this conversation and thinking through. Uh, overall, well, okay, we haven't talked about the ending. I guess we should do that first. Then I'll revisit this. Uh, Superman's in it. Well, there's no, that. no, no, no. <laughs> Even before that, oh. <laughs> I did message y'all when I finished this movie. I actually watched this in like multiple chunks because I was just I wasn't feeling it. I like but, you, but not, you, not... you and me are becoming each other more and more. <laughs> It, it, but it wasn't like the Roland Emmerich Godzilla where I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, this is yeah. this is like the this is painful to watch." Um, I, I just was like, I, "I'm I'm getting bored. Like I'm I'm not staying with the movie." So I watched it a, a, a couple of sittings uh, Saturday evening, and then I wa- finished it off Sunday morning. Um, and I texted y'all probably at like eight forty-five in the morning, <laughs> and I went. What Start if I thing. told y'all that this kind of ends the same way as Fan Four Stick? And then I replied, "Sometimes I hate movies." 
I, um, I I will say I think you I think it was right for you to do that because even though it did make me I anticipated that level like I, I honestly thought the kid was gonna be like I've got a better name yeah you know but then they didn't do that so I was like this is better you lowered my stakes appropriately yeah because basically the whole the whole movie at least it's not just kind of thrown in there in the last scene. They're trying to give him a cooler name because they're like, Teth Adam, that's just your name. We need to come up with something better. Yeah. Something a little more stylish. And I I don't think it works. I'm kind of tired of this. I'm, I'm tired of this running gag, especially when it's like you're willing to embrace Dr. Fate and he just looks like Dr. Fate. Just have the freaking character called Black Adam and get over it. Well, I think you you... I don't lowered. need an origin for all of this stuff. Is the point I'm trying to get. You accidentally get like <clears throat> lowered or raised. <clears throat> my, excuse me, my expectations for it, depending on how you look at it, because <laughs> you made me think that it was going to be like, <clears throat> say that again. Yeah, I'll be, but but the, instead, the the way the movie does it is like they say it and then, or they they say like well, what are we going to call you? And then he kind of stares at the camera and there's sort of like a, a realization in his eyes and then it cuts to Black Adam, the title. So it's like, that's not quite as obnoxious because that feels more like a, like, it, where, whereas Fantastic Four, in a way that was aping Age of Ultron, is very much like, both, both of those movies are teasing and sort of, making fun of the fact it's like, oh, you would hear him say it. This is more at least we're we're finally landing on the name and we think that's cool. Like it, it's not as sort of uh afraid of yeah the name, I think. It's more just like it's supposed to be like a trumpet, like he's got the name. It is still kind of like okay, you don't why are you being cute? Just <laughs> I, I I'm just I'm tired of the once again across the board, Marvel and DC, I'm sick of them being cutesy with the names. Just embrace them. Yeah. It is just funny that he, he just says, I am Dr. Fate, and there's no explanation of where he got his doctorate, or is he a, yeah, We don't know anything yeah. about this guy other than that he is this man with a with a mask who has powers, which I kind yeah. of, I'm into, but like, I don't know, I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, and then Superman shows up, and it's embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the post-credits. Yeah, he takes about nine it's minutes to walk out of the fog. Especially distracting now. Yeah, that uh, we know that that is not happening. And I mean, it's cool that's apparently that is his Man of Steel costume, and it's very interesting how just like a different color palette yeah. just like completely changes how that suit looks because it looks pretty good. And he had the spit curl yeah. too, and he had the spit curl. I thought Henry Cavill's delivery. I mean, he only has a couple lines, but like it was so nothing like there was no charisma behind it like it felt like he was acting against the rock because he was acting against the rock i like, kind of was hoping he would go black adam you son of a <laughs> how the heck are you <laughs> but like this guy when, when they're like oh henry cavill's coming back he's gonna be superman again which of course he's not now but at, at the time when they're filming this i i would imagine henry cavill's like super excited to be back in the suit and it's just like his line delivery is just he's back to being the monotone mildly sure. threatening guy that he was in bbs like it was the same delivery as 
what what does he say to Batman? And he's just like, uh, next time they shine your light in the sky, don't go to it. Like it felt like it was right in that same mold. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so it's the exact same performance. Why should I care? Or as Billy Joel once sang, why should I worry? Can we can we watch Oliver and Company? Can we watch Oliver and Company instead? I would have taken that over Black Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give Black Adam the grade that is probably gonna be the highest grade before you both uh, take it down. Uh, I'm gonna go C minus. It's mostly bolstered by the action and I think the portrayal of like Hawkman and Doctor Fate. That stuff. That stuff. quite quite gets to me and i uh, i enjoyed a lot of that and i would like them to continue doing this in a way that makes more sense to my brain did you not have any additional thoughts on superman tyler no <laughs> big. yeah <laughs> but not as big as the rock okay good to know i had the definitive uh yeah, take on was, superman there you go movie. yeah i'm not yeah, i'm not go for it we'll do christopher just, movies one day one day i just find it really really funny because apparently like it was super like shady and political as to how they brought henry cavill back like all the executives at warner brothers didn't want him and the rock kind of just forced him in there yeah i heard there was like a 10-hour filibuster in congress i mean you know i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) Just, just lindsey graham being like i don't think he should be in this movie Look, they, that's... Sent, they sent Viola Davis to be like, hey, go go try and convince all these senators you actually have a superhuman task force. <laughs> and just like get them distracted. And she's like, I'm Viola Davis. I always have a speech ready. Don't don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I've got it. I will what? I will distract and inspire them. <laughs> well, you know, Britain, The Rock, like he doesn't skip leg day. I mean, he's got to build all those muscles so that way he can stand there for 10 hours. Guys, what if he did skip leg day and he had the exact same upper body, but just that like really skinny? <laughs> <laughs> and he was, and he was I like, I, I need to play a superhero that flies. I don't run so good. I, I was going to say, I'm fairly certain that much, you know, kind of the same way that he does do the like floating. It's, yeah. it's the same kind of effect as the Man of Steel flight where he he kind of hovers menacingly at you Uh, i think he would just start doing that in real life (laughs) his legs would sort of wither away and then he'd just be this torso dwayne johnson's greatest enemy is a stiff breeze yes (laughs) (laughs) alex what are you grading it ah suspense i'll give it a d honestly my, my brain was kind of jumping all over the place in terms of where i could grade it um, because there are a couple elements here that that kind of work. There's there's some A plus material here somewhere. I mean, Hawkman's axe. I mean, honestly. at the same time, right there. like Fan Forstick had a couple of elements that, in theory, could have worked. Like <laughs> this is for me, it is not. No, it's not on that <laughs> same, on same level, level. But I'm just I'm 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 so tired of of superhero movies just being lazy with storytelling and they think that the rock and some visuals are going to save it like i'm i'm just i'm sick of it i'm tired i'm britain i'm right where you are i i just don't want any more give me the batman two and three years otherwise i'm calling it a day that's right where i am uh (laughs) 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 
Uh, I'm just guys. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna give it a D minus. Yeah. It just felt. It just didn't work yeah. on me. And I don't. I don't have anger towards this movie. I just. I was thinking like, why isn't it? And I was like, well, Pierce Brosnan and Aldous Hodge are both really good. Yeah. Well, they're both quite good. And I was like, yeah, but that still doesn't like. And I may in a week I may look back on this and go, no, this is a D. I'll probably be more fond of the next movie we're doing. Puss in so, Boots three or two. Uh, I'm glad you're both just completely exhausted with superhero movies because I do want to, uh, you know, kind of on the, not the eve, I guess the the Boxing Day of uh, the new DC slate uh, being released. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not completely done with superhero uh, movies. Um, I know, I know. Yeah. but I do, I do want to just quickly gauge where where we drop this because I don't think we've ever really looked. Not ever really. I don't think we've looked at the DCU as a whole. Oh God! Uh, in in quite a minute here. So just thinking through this, uh, real quick, how would you things. rank this in terms of the amount of time to say Fantastic Four? Two. Okay, that track. <laughs> I think that's still <laughs> higher than Fan Four. I think should be. just look. Justice Society counts for half of Fantastic Four, actually. So I think if you combine them, yeah. Uh, when they say that, then we're all good. Cool. Um, do you consider this movie better than uh, Suicide Squad? Yes. 2016. Yes, I do. Okay. For yes. me, that would be my bottom, uh, my bottom rung. You better say yes, Alex. That's how you think about it. Uh, Justice League 2017. Britain, I know you haven't seen it. Yeah, yes. can't say. Just, okay. just on visuals alone. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wonder Woman 1984. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Okay. We got a yes for Alex. I'm going to say it's, that, that movie's like five hours long. No, thank you. I have, you. Is, I have <laughs> not seen that since we did it for the podcast. I'm going to say 84 just crusts over this one. All right. All right. So we're converging on kind of Britain's DC yeah, just, range. Uh, BVS. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, better, so we're better than BVS. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll move this based on our BTBVS and, and say 1984 is better than BVS. Uh, Man of Steel. I think it might be oh, this is better than Man of Steel. Yes. Okay, Britain's on board. Oh dear Lord, what did we I? We all give know Man how I feel about Man of Steel. This, this, I think, this might be where where I get dropped. I think I'm a soft yes for all my Man issues with the Christ imagery in that movie. When the movie me. was over, I said it is finished, and then I walked yes. away. <laughs> no, I got I got to give it to Man of Steel. I gave that a D plus. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Man of Steel, so I am gonna say, the, but Wonder Woman 1984 will be the the Britain know that we override, and then Man of Steel is the Alex know that we override. So then, I think we probably said it about where it would be, but I'd be curious. Wonder Woman. I'm gonna say Wonder Woman's better, but I also haven't seen that since it came out. Yeah, I'm I'm a contrarian on Wonder Woman, but it's better than this. <laughs> okay, okay, that's what I was saying. I'm I'm also in agreement there. Shazam, I'm I'm pretty sure we'd all say is better. Yes. Oh yes. yeah, I like Shazam yes. quite a bit. And Birds of Prey. Uh, Birds of Prey is better. The, the other. The difference isn't that far for me, but I do think Birds of Prey is better. Okay. Okay. I also I, like. I think I, I, there are plenty of DC movies that I'm like. I mean, technically it's fine, but Shazam, I'm like, no, I think Shazam is a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, and then Aquaman. I think I'd say Aquaman's better, not by a lot, I'll but it's better. It. It's got yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd take Aquaman. Yeah, and then the Suicide Squad. I think we all were. Yeah, it's great. Yep, pretty high on. Really uh, so 
Based on that, I would say that this is we we are declaring. But Zack Snyder's the, Justice League is better than the whole pack. Well, well that right, is Britain. Well, that's that's uh, the right? bonus round. Uh, right, Britain. Have you watched the Snyder Cut? We did an episode on it. Okay, and then I, I was really that. mean to it in the Halloween Ends episode. <laughs> I kind of remember if no, if I thought you had it was. Just been I like, thought it no, was, I don't want to watch the Snyder Cut. I thought it was confident. <laughs> like, that, I, that episode. I think my my whole thesis of that is competence doesn't equal merit. So uh, okay, well now I got to know when on the Black Adam scale, where does Snyder oh, Cut rank? Um, Britain, you're, I believe you were specifically like, yeah, Cyborg has a character arc. That's not art. <laughs> Not inherently, not inherently. <laughs> and also, I was in a bad mood. I just, I, I just completely lost it at that. <laughs> I feel bad. Um, I would say that. Oh Lord! You know what? Snyder cuts better because this movie doesn't have Icelandic singing and Nick Cave there you go. going. There, there is you go. a king over Aquaman, so that's better. Well, I was gonna say, in terms and the of hot super- dog scene. Come on. In terms of superfluous slow motion scenes, I mean the hot dog scene wins <laughs> the, the whole. Is that song to the siren? Do they do song to the siren over that? Yes. One? Oh, it's so great. <laughs> I've been listening to that song and it's. We're gonna a lot we're gonna that. make a Snyder Snyder cut convert of you yet? Can we? We'll, we'll make it. Gosh, I wish we hadn't done all this movie so we could make another podcast called Song to the Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll call the Rebel Moon podcast when that comes there out. There it um, is. If we're ignoring the Snyder Cut and just looking at the theatrical movies yeah. that were released, we are saying Black Adam is the definitive midpoint of quality for the DCU, which I think is about... D is the midpoint. Right. D is the midpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a gif of Alex's little dance that he just did. Uh, I Oh, you know what? I can take that. Yeah, that feels right to me. I, I hate this universe and I want it to die. <laughs> The one movie that I think we are uh, 100% in agreement is better than the rest is the movie that is that was made by the guy who is now in charge. So yeah. maybe we'll see that those scales tip pretty quickly. But who knows? I yeah, I, know, I definitely think <laughs> I think the Suicide Squad is the best one so far, and I think Shazam I is right there behind it. And what I, was um? And I quite like Birds of Prey, but I, I that's a movie that I think I have more affection for than it has like technical skill although i think there's some genuinely good stuff yeah. in that movie it's just kind of a, a thing but i enjoy it what was the rock was there was some phrase he kept using when he was describing black adam Is it, the hierarchy of power in yes. the dc universe is about to change was that it yeah, because he has established the exact midpoint i was no i was gonna say the hierarchy of power did change like right around the time that this movie came out, just not in the <laughs> way that he expected. <laughs> that's correct. Yep, it's fine. Everything's fine. Well, now he can go um, back to playing the Tooth Fairy. I'm going to transition out of this that <laughs> yeah. to say that the only movie I've watched since we last recorded an episode, which I don't, I'll say it's a recommendation. I'll, why not? Why not? We're gonna. Live a little, I I watched. I went. I went home to visit my parents, and we watched Working Girl. Oh, nice. I've never seen that. I want to, though. (laughs) That is going to be my recommendation. It is um, Harrison Ford and Melanie Griffith. Yeah. Griffith. And Sigourney Weaver. Um, It's got a a fun, weird cast. Alec Baldwin's in there. Uh, Kevin Spacey's in a strange, very tiny scene. Um, It's... uh, Those are obviously not fun (laughs) 
<laughs> that's not obviously not the fun addition to the cast, but it's got a neat cast, um, and it is uh, kind of a fun, interesting movie about uh, from back from the eighties about basically a woman trying to work her wink ranks work her way through the ranks. We've talked too long about the DCU, and now my brain is melting. A woman who is trying to work her way through the ranks of big business, corporate mergers and deals and has ideas about, you know, how the company can be more successful and uh, is getting like sort of stonewalled at every turn and is is risking everything for this desperate play she's trying to make to um, basically make herself uh, make, make a name for herself in business and get out of like secretary work. It's really neat. I think it's a sweet movie, uh, and it's got a lot of heart and some some really fun performances, and I would recommend it. I've been meaning to watch it. There's a great, great, great episode of Bob's Burgers where Gene wants to make a musical. He wants to make Die Hard the musical, and his uh, uh, on-again, off-again paramour, Courtney, is wanting to make a musical of Working Girl because it's a sassy sister film to Die Hard. And mm-hmm. so they end up combining their shows to make work hard or die trying girl. And it <laughs> is, and I actually about this before, but I did not make that connection. It is such a good episode and I haven't seen working girl, but like I watched it again after we did die hard. And it's so, it's so good. There is a song called I'm Hans Gruber and I'm Gruben. All right. It's, All right. it's real. And sometimes that can mean <laughs> shooting Mr. Takagi in the head. It's a really good episode. I recommend that. Um, I will, this is not my recommendation, but I will just a uh, little update, say that the third episode of the last of us is some of the best work I've seen from Nick Offerman. Um, it is a very, I actually have not watched it yet. It's so a very good episode of television and, uh, Nick Offerman is very good in it. Murray Bartlett is also very good in it. And obviously Pascal and Bell Ramsey, but yeah. like Nick Offerman being a, an actor I'm more familiar with from like Parks and Rec and stuff like a plus from him it's great my recommendation is um a I, I, I guess i technically we all three recommended this a while back but i rewatched everything everywhere all at once um and it's fantastic this time i was like really because you know it's such a bizarre movie but i was really able to absorb it this time around and yeah it just really really worked on me it, that movie for as bonkers and crazy as it is and people all talk about how weird it is because it's the easiest like thing to talk about but the the silliness and the bonkers stuff never undercuts what is profound and meaningful and sweet and sincere about that movie. And it's a movie with a lot of things, but it does all of them really effectively and each of them really effectively. And it manages to, as like frantic as the editing is, it's so clean and so crisp. It all the movie always feels really controlled, and I mean that in a in a in a, in a good way that like. Yeah, we're doing crazy stuff, but we know exactly where the cut is. We know exactly kind of how to assemble it. It's just a really well done picture, and Michelle Yeoh is fantastic. Obviously, Kiwi Kwan is tremendous in it. Like, it's just a really great movie that if you haven't seen it, totally see it. It is one of the times when like this thing gets swept up by the award circuit, but also is genuinely great. Sometimes that happens with a movie that later you're like, I mean, it's, it's sure. But this time, it's like a really brilliant movie. I haven't seen Tar yet. I haven't seen a bunch of the Oscar movies, but I wanted to rewatch it uh, before the the ceremony and everything. And it's just, it's just really dang good. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. And if you have seen it, rewatch it. I it I, I think it holds up. So everything, everywhere, all at once, and Bob's Burgers <laughs> and Episode Three of The Last of Us. Yeah, Alex. 
Uh, I am... I don't know if I mentioned this last episode. Maybe I started this before or after we we did the last episode. I can't remember. Um, I have started Deadwood, and I am in the middle of the season finale to the first season, and it's great. And another HBO drama that just knocks it out of the park. It feels like just like a big unfolding novel. Yeah. It's got some really, really fun world building as you see this town just kind of get built basically from nothing. Um, I don't even know. It's just like, I, I, it looks like a very expensive show. It's very impressive how just every episode, like this town keeps evolving in terms of just how much yeah. has been built um, and just kind of like the growing population of, of the town. Um, but all the performances are fantastic. Ian McShane in particular, like every time he is on screen, I just like, I get hypnotized. I'm like, I, I just get lost in his performance. Um, and it just makes me so upset about how he's been misused in other things. Like the one that particularly comes to mind is, uh, the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean. When you pitch, oh, Ian McShane is playing Blackbeard. That should be the coolest thing ever. And it, he is incredibly lame and it is not his fault. Um, thank God but for he is John Wick. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but he is he is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, it's it's a it's a lovely show. The weird word to describe Deadwood, but you know. <laughs> but but when it chooses to have a heart, oh does it. Yes. I, I think it, it balances tone very yeah. well and it knows how to it knows how to lay a lot of heavy stuff on you and then give you a little bit of relief. Are you like me? Do you also get nervous whenever Powers Booth is on screen? <laughs> Because I'm always a little scared of him. <laughs> in terms of his character in the show, Cy Tolliver, there's just a real sense of, like, this guy, Al, Al Swearingen, Ian McShane, has a sense of, like, he's he's irascible, but there's a, there's a, there's a, a sense of order to him, and Cy Tolliver just feels like a tornado. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I just, I found it fascinating how it's like, oh, like, one or two people die every episode? <laughs> Including Nick Offerman, who's naked in it. <laughs> that That is true. Yeah. Spoilers. His it's brief, his it's brief, his voice, like I, like I only recognized it from his face, like, but his voice, I would, yeah. would not have been able to tell. Um, but yeah, when I realized like, oh yeah, people are dying literally every episode, <laughs> not talk, taking the powers booth out of the equation, like every scene, I'm like, you know, somebody could just get shot just like right now. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. It could happen. Long as Jewel's Okay. <laughs> yeah though that show i think i I might have recommended the first season a while back but it it knows its characters so well like it's written with such detail and the acting is so good like every actor on that show is killing it um yeah it's like a character actor's dream it's just such a good such a good program yeah i i'm, I'm in the second season right now so Britain, I, I am glad, number one, that my Hulu account demanded that I change my password, so I wasn't <laughs> able to access that, and so I went to HBO Max instead, and I'm glad that you 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 put Deadwood in, in, into my ear, because I had that next on my list. So. Sure thing. So they didn't want to accept Simon Fanberg anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, it, it's one of those Disney Plus Hulu connected accounts. And I did use Don't it to watch Don't you mean Melvin Hulu? At this point, it's about saying it. Not that we're saying anything funny. It's about that we're saying it again. Yeah. 
If we keep saying it enough, every time it'll be funny. It's more than just like the, yeah, the laugh of recognition. You know, Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like the implication that your uh, Dizzy Dizzy password was forgotten because it wasn't taking, you know, uh, George Lucas is the best. Uh, 1997. (laughs) No, no, George Lucas is the best there ever was. (laughs) That's That's the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then a question and then a question mark oh. at the end <laughs> <laughs> just to leave a little just to let disney plus know that you're not you're not fully bought bought over nah just kidding we wish them all the best so next week speaking of disney <laughs> we're gonna be <laughs> the implication that he's like a, a previous co-worker of ours yeah exactly <laughs> You know, every time I get, I like to channel the Regis uh, energy. Um, next week, we're doing another catch-up movie. Uh, should we go ahead and say what... They know what it is. <laughs> it's Black, Black Panther. I was going to say Megan. God, if only. Uh, uh, Tyler! It's Black Panther. But yeah, they, established... these, two, these two saw it. I have not, so... We have established the ground rules. You, It's not called Megan! I, sometimes I just have to mix it up. I, well, you know, sometimes you're wrong. Like your C minus grade for Black Adam. <laughs> I've been Alex. It's fun on the podcast, but as soon as we stop recording, it's gonna—they're gonna have to assure me that they're not mad at me, <laughs> and that they're just talking. Oh, there will be tears from me after after we stop. I, I promise. You. Uh, and I've been Britain. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think I'm fun enough to keep this podcast together. <laughs> uh, I've been Tyler, uh, and you're having a. Wait, guys, I got it. You're having a. <laughs> <laughs>